You're listening to The Footy Fix with your host, Ben Batella. Batella, 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 Welcome back to the Footy Fix. On today's episode, we have Mark, we have Chris, our reoccurring guests, and we have a lot to talk about. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Doing great, Ben. I'm excited to be back on. It's like I think this is my fourth appearance, so must be doing something right. You, you both, of you guys, must be doing something right because you're on the show all the time. Chris, how are we doing, man? Um, if you talked to me a couple weeks ago, I probably would have been doing better. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, I guess, man, you last three games, not the results you were looking for, but it is what it is, man. Like, your city's going to win the league. You can just hope for top four now, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. All righty. So, right off the bat, Mark, I got a question for you, buddy. Got you, brother. So, who would you rather play for as a manager, Mourinho or Guardiola? Interesting here. And this guy's been, he's one of my favorite managers, even though he never managed my club. I got to go with Jose Mourinho. Mourinho is a serial winner. Now, if I'm going to go play for Guardiola, I know that I'm going to get that technical style. I know I'm going to learn from him, possession football, like wing backs, inverted fullbacks, everything, <laughs> everything you want. And it's going to be beautiful. But if I'm under Mourinho, I know that guy, he's just a bastard. He's a bastard and he wants to win no matter what. People can slam his tactics, say they're defensive, but Mourinho's a winner. Went to Porto, got the Champions League. Went to Inter, got the Champions League. Real Madrid didn't play do too well. Went to United. He's their trophies the past 10 years. This guy knows how to win. And if the Spur if Spurs win this year, he's gonna become an English legend. Because who wins with Spurs? Nobody. He's a winner, and that's some guy that I want. So if I'm gonna go put my my uh my uh attributes on the field, on the pitch, I'm gonna go with Mourinho. Yeah, I agree. I just love the way Mourinho, like, if you're not on his team, you hate him. But if you're on his team, it's such a tight family. And, Mark, what are what are Spurs going to win this year? Like, Europa League? Because they're ninth in the EPL right now, I'm pretty sure. Eighth, maybe. Like, what yeah, are they going to win, man? That League Cup. That, that League Cup versus oh. Guardiola. It's going to be right now? I don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, all right, Chris. This is going to hit hard because you're, you're a Man United fan, but you're also Italian. So if you were building a squad and both of these legends were in their prime, who are you taking, Pirlo or Roy Keane? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a tough one. I got the Italy jersey on one side of me. I got the Man U players on the other side of me. It's like devil and angel on my shoulder. I'm going to go with the devil. I'm going to go with Roy Keane. Really? Um, I like Pirlo as a player, obviously. But just Roy Keane, he's, he makes everyone around him better. Just the way he plays. Like, there's not, they don't make players like him anymore. The way he just gets in the players, I don't know. I feel like just Keane was a great player. And even like his ability aside, like people talk about like, oh, his like on like on the pitch, like as a captain, but really as his ability was underrated too. He could score, he could assist, he can kind of dominate the midfield. He wasn't just like a leader. That's a now, bold take. Because yeah, maybe a hot take. I don't know. Depend, depending on who you ask. Because I love Pirlo, and I know Mark loves Pirlo as well. That is a hot take. That, but you know what? Both legends, both different. I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I can respect that. I'm not going to agree with it, but I can't ex- I respect that. All right, so gentlemen, today we saw Chelsea defeat Liverpool 1-0 to beat Liverpool at home for their fifth home defeat in a row. They're, they're, they set a record today. And there are 128-year-long history. They set a new record, losing five games in a row at home. 
So what do we got in that game? Mark, why don't you start it off? Well, uh, footy fix fans obviously know me since my last uh, Quebec rant when I went <laughs> off on him. They do. They do. He was. He wasn't. My, he's not my favorite player, but it wasn't Quebec's fault today. But Liverpool recently, this whole season has been terrible. I'm gonna. I, there's no sugar coating. There's no like uh, trying to put a bandaid on it. They had that good stretch up until December, January. But looking at the game today, where are the goals coming from? Last six games in the EPL, they scored four goals. Two of them against Sheffield United. So really, they scored two goals in the past six games. And Liverpool as a whole, they're just not functioning like they used to. You can see just the whole mentality of the team has gone down. Salah, Mane, Firmino, that was good in 2018. But football changes quick. There's every year, every team has runs. There's always a series of runs. You had Spain from 2008 to 2012, dominant. Then they fell off. Then you had, who else did you have? You had Germany, 2014 World Cup. They went to semifinals in 2012 at the Euros. Great team. Then you had these teams like Paris Saint-Germain with Ibra. They had their years. But every team's falling off. And the sooner that Liverpool fans realize this and start to maybe like realize that, oh, shit, our defense is ass without Virgil van Dijk. One player made our team. Or until like the Liverpool fans realize that Klopp is... This happened at Dortmund. It literally happened at Dortmund. They went to the Champions League final. The next year, they were in 14th place. So you can say that, oh, everything's fine, everything's good. But before you know it, Reds fans, the dream's going to come crashing down. And just know that I warned you. It, it seems like it's already, like you wore the, it seems like it's already crashing down, but I'm going to try and focus on the positives like I did with the PSG and Barca match before I get to the negatives. Chelsea look fantastic. They're undefeated under Tuchel. Mount played exceptional today. Werner was back to his old self, I guess, when he played for Leipzig. Jorginho was great. But now let's look at where Liverpool's at. And I fully agree with you, Mark. All And, and I hate... I hate I've developed a hatred for Liverpool fans and I, I can't explain I can't explain to you why it's so passionate but I've developed a very strong hatred for Liverpool fans and the reason being is that yeah you won a Champions League in what was one of the easiest runs in the last 10 years and what was one of the most boring finals I've ever seen in my entire life sure you won the EPL those are back-to-back -back seasons you did great fantastic job good job all the praise goes to you it's not an easy thing to do but when we start comparing, you know, the 2019 Liverpool team or the 2020 Liverpool team to the Real Madrid teams that won three in a row or the Barcelona team from 2011 or 2009, or you start comparing them to the Invincibles at Arsenal or the Chelsea 2006, that's when you're getting, you're, you're, you're getting a little bit out of hand here. It's a bit of a stretch. This team had a fantastic season when they won the Prem last year. It was by something 30 points. But every single team they were competing with in the EPL was not doing well. I've never seen such bad luck with one team in City from last year. Arsenal were bad. Chelsea were bad. Tottenham, not very good at all. Who else do you have to compete with? Man U were going through a transitional year themselves just getting Bruno. That EPL title was won. Great by 30 points, but it wasn't the hardest EPL. And that Champions League run, I don't even have to say it. They didn't face tough opponents like Victor's past have done. So comparing this team to the legendary teams of old to even a Man City team that won back-to-back -back EPL titles is ridiculous. And right now they're in crisis mode. They're sitting in seventh place.
They're four points out of the top four. They've lost. They have one win in their last five games, and the rest of them are losses. Where does this team go? Can they crack the top four? Christian, can you answer me on that one? Because right now, I don't think so. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like if you're a Liverpool fan listening to this, I'm just sorry. Like, even though I don't feel bad for you, like, none of us are on your side here. They did it to themselves, but, I'm going to say. Yeah. I kind of, like, if, if you know me, like, I kind of called this even from, like, before COVID, before this whole thing. Their demise really started in, like, January, February of last year. Like, yeah. when you look at the standings from last year, you see that they won the league by 30 points. But that doesn't really tell the whole picture because they wrapped up the league in, like, January. But then from January to even when the season restarted, they were not playing good. Then even to start this season, they kind of ticked up a little bit, but then they fell off again. And the way they're playing, I cannot see them getting top four, especially because Chelsea looks really good under Tuchel. I think it's probably going to be Man City, Man United, Chelsea, and I think maybe Tottenham or Leicester for that fourth spot. I don't think Liverpool are going to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you look at the standings right now, it's City with 65 points, and then everybody else below. But the that top three, I would say, or the, the three after the after City, that's all up for grabs still. It's If they fix what they're doing right now, they can 100% make top four. It's, it's still possible. It's very close. The EPL is the tightest league in the world right now. Um, but you got United at 51, Leicester at 50, Chelsea 47, Everton 46, West Ham United at 45, Liverpool at 42, and Tottenham, or Liverpool 43 and Tottenham at 42. So it's really tight. But with all of these teams like West Ham and Tottenham and Chelsea especially getting those good results lately and Leicester still pulling away and Everton still doing well, if Liverpool continue to lose games and not fix this problem, then they really won't make top four. And can you really see them clinching a top four position by winning the Champions League this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like Mark said in the last podcast, you are daft if you think you're going to win the Champions League with Henderson as your center back. That's just <laughs> like you're you're crazy if Quebec is going to pull a Maldini and carry your team to the final. It's not going to happen. So yeah, the top four is up for grabs for sure. But can Liverpool really pull it together? I mean, we're not talking like this is January anymore. It's not December anymore. We're in March. The season is coming to a close. If you're going to figure it out. It has to be today, right now, this second, so that you go in the next game and you win. And then the game after that, and you win again, and morale is up. But despite Liverpool losing 1-0 today, that was sort of not the biggest controversy that happened in the game. As you texted me, Chris, as soon as Mo Salah got subbed off the field, his agent tweeted, no words, no emojis, just a single period. So... I don't know what that means, but Mark, what does that tell you? I think it tells me that Salah's run with the Reds is unfortunately going to be coming to an end very soon. Salah, three years ago in the Prem, he had one of the, like, I know Ben may disagree, but he had one of the best seasons since Messi and Ronaldo. Like, that Salah first season at Liverpool was crazy. And his, his value is still up here right now. But if you keep going like this, and you can see that even if Liverpool do change managers or somehow get a run of form and make top four, this team, when they come back together, it's slowly aging. And Liverpool ha- have to get reinforcements in other areas. So right now, I think Salah cashing in 100 million, maybe 90 million he's worth. Sell him to a Madrid. Madrid have money this summer to spend. They didn't spend last summer. So 
if I'm looking at if I'm Salah's agent and I'm even Mo Salah, why stay at Liverpool? You've proven what you had to. You won the Champions League, you won the Premier League, and obviously your chemistry with Sadio Mane and Firmino, it's not there. It's not you you didn't even really like Sadio Mane sometimes last season. You don't even Firmino's a defensive striker. If you want to go and you want to try and win something else, I don't think it's going to be at Liverpool, in my opinion. Maybe go back to City. Ah, I heard Inter needs some fucking wingers. I, <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I wouldn't stay at look, Liverpool. If I was look, in. look, there, there has been I, this season. It came about that he was upset that he wasn't the captain. When in reality, when Van Dijk is out, which he has been. I would say that that captaincy would go to Henderson. And if Henderson's out, which he has been again, the captaincy should go to Allison. So there's three guys that are already ahead of you in the pecking order in terms of the captaincy. And he was really upset at that. He was taking that as a really personal hit and his ego was down. But in reality, Salah, to me, when I'm watching him, isn't a leader. He's not vocal. He's a fantastic player. I'm not taking anything away from his skill set, but he's not a leader. And his ego, in my opinion right now has gotten so inflated over all this talk about how good Liverpool are and how good he is as a player for when he gets subbed off, when he gets subbed off in a game where they're losing one nil. And technically you would say that's a weird substitution and they would need him to score a goal. When that does happen, he gets all pissy about it. He gets all upset and he's head down and walking slowly off the pitch. And his agent is tweeting a mysterious tweet. That's just a single period. Okay, I understand, but stop being such a suck, okay? When I see Messi get subbed off and he's pouting, I'll take it. It's Lionel Messi. When I see Ronaldo getting subbed off and you know he's going to be mad, I'll take it. 100%. Whether they're having a good game or a bad game. Those are the guys that can do that. And even if you want to include Lewandowski. But when Mo Salah gets subbed off and he's pouty after having a terrible game, terrible game, that just shows you where's your ego at? You want to leave? Go! Go ahead! You should, they should have sold you last summer for $150 million and reinforced that midfield and gotten a new striker. That's what they should have done. But they didn't, and now they're stuck in the situation where they're going to have to let him go for, like what you said, Mark, a 90 or $100 million euro figure, and they're not going to make as much. And that's a, that's a real issue. And who knows if Real Madrid even want him. Also, Ben, if you look at the game, Ben and Chris, like when you watch the game, the reason that... Trent was struggling the whole game was because Salah wasn't helping him out defensively. He literally was doing nothing throughout the whole game. Sure, he created that one chance. That was really good for him, and that was really great. But if you're looking into tactical analysis, Salah doesn't provide anything defensively either. No yep. cover, no tracking back. So if you're Salah and you're Liverpool, they made the right decision as well. I'm not <laughs> going to talk about selling, but get, track back defensively maybe, and you'll get on the pitch more. Chris, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But at this point, I can't even see Real Madrid wanting him as a top target. Like, he's a great player, but they have bigger fish to fry. They got Haaland, maybe even Mbappe, potentially. If they get Salah, it's going to be as a consolation because they missed out on the other two, and it's definitely not going to be at a full price. Real Madrid, like, you can say that they have money, which they do, but the fact is, teams still lost a lot of money this year, and nobody's willing to pay over $100 million for how old Salah, 29 30 that just, especially with what happened with Hazard and the same mistake they made with that, they're not going to make that mistake again. So I think either Liverpool are going to be stuck with this asset who's upset or they're going to have to sell on a loss, which not good for them at all. But yeah, yeah we'll and, see. And, and I'm not, and I'm not calling Salah a complete failure. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's a terrible player and he needs to leave. No, no, no. 
he created the situation. He created this situation when he said he wasn't happy that he wasn't getting the captaincy. That's when it began. And now it's unfolded to this where Liverpool are playing horrendous and in, in domestically and his agent's doing this and he's acting like a, like a pissy brat. And now where, where do we go from here? Because like you said, Chris, there's a lot of other guys in the market and there's a lot of other elite talents in the market. I don't know anybody in the world who would take Salah over Mbappe or somebody who would take Salah over Holland. It just doesn't make any sense. They're younger and they're going to be better players. If Mbappe's not already a better player and Haaland isn't already a better player in the Champions League. So, you know, you had your for me, you had your great run at Liverpool. Like Mark said, you had that fantastic season in the, in the in the first year you got there. I can't I can't agree with that fully. The numbers were there, but I still saw a lot of tappings. You had a good near year the next year and the year after that was great again. But you're coming to the end of a of a road here. And you got to really decide, can you take the hit on your ego and not hold the captaincy? Or are you going to try at a later stage in your career at a Real Madrid, at a Barcelona, at a PSG, somebody who can afford you and somewhere where you can succeed? Because I have a feeling if he went to Real Madrid, we won't see the same thing that happened to Hazard because Salah takes a little bit better care of himself than Hazard does. But I don't think he'll do as well as people think he will, even though he does excel in his first seasons at the club so moving on Barcelona defeat Sevilla yesterday in the Copa del Rey semi-final they came back from a 2-0 deficit to win 3-0 on aggregate in extra time Chris let me know what you thought about this one yeah it was definitely a big comeback I was actually watching the 0-0 game Manchester United so I'm kind of upset I kind of wish I was watching that game instead <laughs> way more entertaining but, yeah, I, I think Barcelona, this just gives them a lot of confidence going into the PSG game. Yeah. Now, even though they, PSG and Sevilla are definitely different teams, and I still don't think they'll be able to come back against PSG, just that result just gives them maybe a little bit more confidence. And I think it will help them in that game. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. I mean, for, for, for the kind of season it's been for them, very inconsistent, poor results in the Champions League, poor results domestically, here's the silver lining. Here's the Copa del Rey final. There's like people are calling it the remontada part two. So there's that. You're in the final of the Copa del Rey. There's a trophy up for grabs. You're still sort of close in La Liga. You're five points back on Atleti, and they do have the game in hand, but it's not all said and done just yet. Um, Messi played well. I thought Langlet, Langlet and PK were solid at the back. Ter Stegen was great. Um, but for me, the 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 penalty save that everybody's talking about. That was Sevilla's mistake. It was more of a miss than a save. Because you look at it again, I could take better penalties than that. Mark, Chris, you could take better penalties than that. The guy shot it along the ground, not very powerful, and right generally in the middle of the net. Just a little bit to the left. That's a goalie's dream. So when I see things like that, it makes me think that Sevilla sort of gave them this game. Sevilla was in the driver's seat. Kunde at the back, that guy is a player. That guy is, he's going to go maybe this summer, maybe the next for upwards of a hundred million, maybe 80 million. I'd say that's, that's probably more accurate, but he's going to be like the next delict. That's this guy is, is class. He was all over the field. Despite Barca scoring three, he was all over the field, made a lot of good tackles, his anticipation, his reaction time, his positioning. It's all fantastic. So when I see Sevilla, who are very well coached, a very good unit, they've been in a lot of big games like this before, especially the two legged fixtures. This was their game to lose. And unfortunately, they just lost. Because if they scored that penalty in the 77th minute or whatever it was, 
that's game. That's game right there. We know how Barca are when they concede and when they're losing big time. That's game right there. What about you, Mark? What'd you have on this one? Well, what I saw from the game was something that I think is good for Barcelona going forward is that Messi, although he did play well, the team around him actually supported him and helped him. PK mm. played his best game in I don't know how many years. That <laughs> that was the best game I've seen PK play in so long. Yeah. Braithwaite even came clutch. You know what I mean? I don't like the guy. I don't think he's a class striker. But, hey, give him the goals. And I think here I'm going to draw a parallel. I think that what Barcelona did yesterday is something that Juventus should probably go and look at and be like, we got to do this. We got to support Cristiano. We got to do this and we got to support them. The midfield's got to be good. The defense got to be good. Because as you see with Barcelona, Messi, he's never been that guy. That re- he's an amazing player, but he's not that guy to lead you right out of it. He needs the Neymars, the Suarez, the, the back in the, in the past, the Crespos on Argentina. All these guys, Messi plays good when people around him are playing well. And then mm. he can come into the game, pick yeah. his spots, he show that class that he has. So Barcelona, and I got to give some credit to Kuman. overall, this last run of fixtures, ever since the PSG result, they have been playing a bit better football, yeah. and you can see a pattern of play. And with those elections coming up for Barcelona, if that guy that, I don't know what exactly his name is, if he wins, then Messi, he, he said he promised Messi a couple players in the summer. So yeah. if you're going to say that you're going to get a couple players in the summer, they're going to help Barcelona, but you have to just win this year, maybe win the Copa del Rey. Finish second in the league. Don't have to beat PSG, but I don't know. Give them a game. Make it 3-1. Then people are going to start to respect Barcelona. And then Messi maybe doesn't have to leave at least this summer. Maybe sign a one-year deal. That was what Michael Jordan was doing. That's what LeBron did for so long. Yeah. So there's a lot of positives that Barcelona can take from the game if they're going to go further in the season. Yeah, I I, I, I agree with you there. And... I want to see this this new president or this this potential president promising Messi players. Now, there's the problem with this is that Barcelona aren't a lot of debt. So whether that promise he follows through on it or whether he flops on it, that's going to be a key thing, a key part in Messi deciding whether to stay or whether to go. But I agree with you, Mark. I mean, it's been a bad season. You can compare this their season to Juve season. They're direct parallels because Messi and Ronaldo are quite literally doing everything for their respective teams. And Juve do need to get it together as a whole team. They need to play like Barca did. But this was a great game from Barcelona. Um, And this brings hopes up against PSG. So that being said, this comeback victory, that's three goals. Do they have it? Can they do it in the second leg of the Champions League against PSG? Okay. Um. No. Just simply. (laughs) That was quick. That was quick. The The anticipation was long. The answer was quick. Exactly. Um, Sevilla and PSG aren't the same. Like, I don't, I don't know what PSG this year, even though they're not first in uh, League One, I feel like this year, the, going to the Champions League final last year, even though it wasn't really the same, it was only one leg, they didn't have the opportunity to blow it like they normally do. But I still think they're the confidence that even this year, they know we made it to the final, we can make it again to the final. They won't be blowing this lead, I don't think. They Maybe they will, maybe this is going to be like, some old takes exposed or something, but I don't think they're going to blow this lead. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And you're right. PSG are a way different team than Sevilla. And to me, this is this thing this season with Barcelona where they play well one game and we're like, wow, they're fantastic. What Look at the play. Everybody played this time, not just Messi 
And then the next game, when they lose against the lower half team or they get blown out by a PSG, everybody's back on the train of saying, wow, they suck. Like, where was Messi? Where was PK? Why start Lenglet and all this stuff? So I think right now we're in that period where we're on the train that's saying that's, you know, tooting. Oh, Barcelona are great. They, you know, this is a lifeline. There's a silver lining in their season. And then come next week when they face PSG and they lose because let's get the, let's, you know, let's get the straight. They're going to lose that game. There's no way. And even if they do win it, they're not going to go through to the quarterfinals. Then everybody's going to go back to the part where they're saying, you know, this team is bad and they're not going to do anything this season. And for me, the, the way that people analyze Barcelona is the way Barcelona players analyze Barcelona. And that goes back to conceding goals. When they concede goals, they get down on themselves. When they score goals, they keep on going. And you got to find that perfect sweet spot where you're trying not to do both at the same time. You're trying to score but not concede. But when you do, you keep your morale up. So moving on, UCL is next week. We have second legs for matchups. Juve versus Porto, Borussia versus Sevilla, Liverpool versus Leipzig, and PSG and Barcelona. So Juventus versus Porto in Torino. Mark, who's going to win that game and who's going to advance to the quarterfinals of the Champions League? Well, as a Milan fan, you would expect me to say Juventus is going to lose. And that's probably what a lot of people are wanting me to say here. But I just have this sneaky suspicion that Juve will pull it out because of Porto's lack of quality on the ball. Obviously, Bentacor getting COVID is probably a plus for Juventus midfield. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought. I told my dad he was like, good, good. He, he better miss a few games. He deserves yeah, to miss probably. a few games. Get his head straight. Exactly. And even though Delit, I know he's dealing with that injury. Mm -hmm. Juve do have defense is not the problem at Juventus. I still think they have more than capable black backups. Even if you go Di Marrell, Danilo there, you could probably even still pull a game. Bonucci's probably going to come back into the play. Yep. I think this is Juve's big game. This is this is Juve's season right here because you could you have the Coppa Italia against Atalanta. Nobody cares. They don't. <laughs> nobody really cares if Juventus win the Coppa Italia. Oh goodness. Juventus right now they're they're what ten points behind Inter with the game in hand. So yep. if they win, they're seven. But most, and they're uh, behind Milan, but Milan's struggling a bit right now. But even if they were to win Serie A and Coppa Italia, people would still be like, but what happened in the Champions League? Yep. And the Champions League right now is their most important fixture. And Cristiano Ronaldo with the Euros coming up with a lot of people, this is a big legacy, not, not a legacy because Ronaldo's legacy is already set. He's already one of the top two, probably GOAT for Ben of all time. But if you want to have momentum going to the Euros, get that second Euro and get that Champions League, this is the time to believe. Yep. So I think Juventus, they could prove me wrong, and I don't really want them to win. I'd be rooting for Porto. But I got a 2-0 Juventus win. Ronaldo with one, and I'm going to give one to Bernadeschi because uh, I just think I, I have a sneaky suspicion Bernadeschi is going to score. Mark, I have the exact same score written down right here. 2-0. Yeah, um, this is the biggest game of their season. And like you said, this is it. And when yesterday or the day before that, before they played Spezia, I was telling myself, I said, Juve need to go into the Spezia game and they need to win three or four nil. Everybody need, needs to get on the scoreboard so that you head into Lazio on the weekend. You're confident for that one. You need to win that one. And that way on Tuesday, when you're facing Porto, you're coming off of two big wins in Serie A. And you have that confidence to say to yourself, 
we can score two, three, maybe even four goals. And Porto is different than Espezia and a Lazio. They're a little more defensively sound, but all Juve need is confidence. Like you said, Mark, they're great at the back. They got depth there for days. They have the offensive talent, Ronaldo, Chiesa. And when Morata comes on the pitch, he changes the game for Juve. He's been fantastic this season. He has a goal contribution every 88 minutes. That's great. That is a fantastic season so far. So this is the biggest game. And it's imperative that they make it to the quarterfinals. It has to happen. Or else a lot of stuff is going to go down this summer. Ronaldo might leave. Arthur might just say, F it, I'm out after a year. Dybala might be sold. And then we're talking about a rebuild. This is a half rebuild. You got a new coach. You got young talent. You're incorporating the youth products. It's a half rebuild because you still have guys of quality. You're still doing well. But if they lose this fixture and some you know, people decide it's been, Ronaldo says, three years here, I have two round of 16 exits and one quarterfinal exit all against teams who we were, not, we were favorites for. We were favorites. This is imperative here. They need to go in. They can't concede a goal. I don't want any stress. I don't want any stress. I want 2-3, 4-0, Once you score four goals, then you can concede. But I think the way Juve play, it's going to be a 2-0 game in Torino. They're going to win that on aggregate 3-2. And then we'll deal with the quarters when it comes. Chris, what do you have for Juve Porto? Second leg. I want to score and then an aggregate score. Okay, yeah, so I definitely think Ronaldo FC, I, I mean, Juventus is going to win this one. <laughs> Get out of here. You gotta love it. Gotta love it, Chris. Yes. Yeah, but my score in the game is going to be, I think it's going to be 2-1 Then it's gonna for Juventus, and then it's going to go into extra time, and then Juventus is going to win in extra time. Don't stress me like that. I can't even think about that right now. Goodness. If I have to say how it's going to go, I feel like Juventus will probably score two first, make it 2 nothing, and Porto will, right at the end, maybe send it to extra time, and then Ronaldo's going to win it in extra time. I don't know. We've seen this story too many times before. Don't doubt Ronaldo. Yeah. In second especially. Don't doubt Ronaldo, but then don't hope for Juventus. Those two things are just colliding. They're colliding with each other. Um, I'm not going to get too passionate about that, but... Next matchup, Barusa versus Sevilla. Dortmund 3-2. Mark, what's going to be the score of this one? And then what we got for the aggregate and who's moving on? Well, Dortmund-Sevilla, obviously two different ends of the spectrum right now. Just talked about Barca. They beat Sevilla 3-0. But even with that, I think Sevilla's season's still been going good for them. They're in, they're in at least a good position going into this tie. But if I'm being completely honest, this is Dortmund. Dortmund's tie right here. I have a good feeling about Dortmund. Holland, this is a big summer. Could be sold this summer. We're not, like, I'm not saying 100% he's going to get sold, mm -hmm. but like good 60 40 chance that he does get sold. And Holland, you know, his agent saying, just get that, get, score a hat trick against <laughs> Raiola, eh? Yeah. Beat, beat, beat uh, whoever, uh, a PSG in the, the quarterfinals. Yeah. Then you think his, his value is high now. Wait till he does that. I think they have all the players. Sancho maybe even wants a big money move. Manchester United, I know Chris, Chris is buzzing. He's getting excited. Chris is getting excited right now. So <laughs> I think this is Dortmund's tie. And I think that Dortmund, they have a bit of morale going right now. So if I'm going for a score here, this leg, where is this leg being played? Uh, it's in Sevilla, I believe. Okay. Let me, Sevilla? Let, me, let me check right now. It might be because I don't know if it's in Germany because they can't actually play in Germany with the new. Uh, that is true. 
with the new rules that they're imposing. English teams, though. So, Germany. Let me just check this. I'm yeah, pulling it up right cool. now. We have. Oh, that doesn't help me. Stadium West West Fallon Stadion. Where is that? Yeah, okay, that sounds. Yeah, like, no, it's it's in Borussia Dortmund. It's in Borussia Dortmund. So they have three away goals. Okay, so in that case, it's three two in aggregate right now. I got the same scoreline three two, with wow. Dortmund brace central goal three two. It's gonna be a tight game at half, but then uh, Fallon pulls away in the second three two Dortmund. Decent, decent. So that would be six four on aggregate. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll give you mine. Three two of the first leg. I'm going Dortmund two to one in the second leg. Both goals scored by Holland because that's the narrative now. That's just what happens. If there's one surety in life, it's Erling Holland scoring a Champions League goal, and they're going to win five through an aggregate. They're too powerful. I don't. This is not on Sevilla. I don't think necessarily, like you said, Mark. They haven't had a bad season whatsoever. They're a great team. They're very well organized, very well coached, and they have very good young players. I just think Dortmund's firepower is too much. And coming off of this loss against against Barcelona, and one thing to lose two to one, with you know just that being said, it's one thing to lose three nothing with no aggregate, but leading two nil, and then conceding three goals in extra time, one of them and a ninety plus four minute equalizer, that's demoralizing. So I got Dortmund winning this one two to one five three on aggregate to go to the quarterfinals. Chris, what's your prediction? Yeah, similar to you guys, I'm going to pick Dortmund, but I'm going to go a little bit differently. I think they win this one 3-0. Ooh. If this was a Europa League game, maybe I'd pick Sevilla, but <laughs> they don't have big juice in the Champions League. So I think Dortmund's going to win 3 nothing. Holland will probably score at least two, and maybe Sancho will get the other one, and that would make it 6-2 on aggregates. Yeah, so I think yeah. Dortmund, this is their title. So it's a just all said and done right there. Okay. Now my all agreement so far, boys. We're all now. I know now, I want to disagree on something, but I just can't right, go to well, here. This here. might be the one where we disagree on. Although I know what I think I know what Mark's gonna take on this one. Liverpool versus Leipzig. Liverpool won two to nil in the first leg in Leipzig. Well, not Leipzig, but neutral ground. It was Leipzig's home game, so they have the two away goals. What do you have for this one, Mark? I want to hear the hottest of takes that you can potentially conjure up. Just spit it out. Well, as all us Champions League fans know, every round of 16, there's always a comeback. No matter what, no matter what happened, it could be, you could never think there was a comeback on the cards. Yes, But there's always a comeback on the cards. And you have at Leipzig, Leipzig fans are down right now. You're 2-0, you don't feel too good, but you have an advantage here. Nagelsmann is one of the best managers in Europe. And you know he's coming out with some next tactics for this game. He's going 3-2-3-2-3-5. It's going to be some craziness. On, it's going to be some craziness on the pitch. He's going to outclock. And I know Because, yeah, because you know Leipzig, they're not going to go out only scoring zero goals in Champions League uh, round of 16 tie. And Liverpool, vulnerable at the back. Salah, agent, tweeting out things, as we've seen, as we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Thiago, we don't know what he's going on. Apparently, he's a fraud. So, I think here... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pause, pause. Is the Turkish okay. fraud going to start the game, Mark? Is oh, yeah. The Turkish start. fraud, start. is he going to start? Kabak will start. Kabak's going to start. It's going to probably be Kabak and Fabinho again. Okay. But the score I'm going here, it's 2-0. 4-2 Leipzig. Ooh. 
So in what the are game we doing? We're going four or two lives. That's a tie. So I'm going. Is that oh, a no. tie? Yeah, it's not. No, no, no. Leipzig would win in away goals. Leipzig would win in away yeah. goals. Four, yeah, so that's exactly wow. whatever the one where it's a win goal. That's gonna happen. That that one's gonna happen. Four, call it right now. If it happens, <laughs> I I swear to God, four two Leipzig. That's like the, that. that's the result. I like that better that's than my own take. Actually, I like that better than my own take. Uh, I have I have Leipzig winning four to one, um, and my reason <laughs> my reason being my reason being is Leipzig in their last five games in Bundesliga, five wins, two points down on Bayern. That league is actually up for grabs. It's not, but it is. And then Liverpool in the last five games, they're one and four, and they absolutely suck at home. Anfield is not a fortress. Anfield is not a raging castle from the 1500s under the English reign. It's an open house. Come inside. Take the food. Use the bathroom. Watch the TV. You can do whatever the hell you want in Anfield. And I think Leipzig are going to go in there and score four goals and only concede one and move on to the quarterfinals. And Liverpool's season will be done. Done. Capital D. Chris, what do we got on this one? Yeah, so it's funny Funny enough, this game is being played on March 10th. So it's almost exactly a year from the Lorente game. We oh, all- my hey, God. Remember what a that? Classic. Remember that? That was awesome. What a classic. That was That's awesome. a classic. But sadly, I can't see that happening again. Oh, I'm gonna go Chris. Come on. I have to, I'm, I'm kind of hedging my bet here, but I say it's going to be 1-1 in the game. I think Liverpool lose next tie, whoever they play, but I really can't see them blowing a 2-0 lead. Even if they lose the game, I don't think they'll lose the tie. Just I can't see Klopp, even how bad they've been playing. They're going to sit back. They're going to play defensively. Well, Maybe they'll even make a goal. But he, I don't know. I hope they lose, but I just can't see it happening. Maybe, though. You guys always say come back. I believe that, that away goals, I swear Here. to God, that would be such such, such poetry in motion. Here's oh, I'd be laughing. I'd be on Twitter all day. I'd be going after Liverpool <laughs> fans. But uh, Here's the thing. I, 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 I know Liverpool are going to score. I know they're going to score. Like they did in that in that Atletico game last year. I know they're going to score, but I know they're going to concede. I have a big, a strong feeling that they're going to concede, especially with how they absolutely suck at home. And for those who don't know about the story about Lorente last year, us three were in a lecture doing, what was it? Production theory. And we had the game on and it was actually, what is it? Right at the beginning of the game, I'm pretty sure. And, and they were just, and you know, Liverpool scored first and, the Liverpool fans in our in our in below us in our in our in our class were a little excited, and then Atletico started pouring on, pouring on. The Murata got his goal, and we're sitting there because I like listen. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't like Liverpool. I know Mark doesn't like Liverpool, and Christian, being a Man U fan, you can't seriously tell me that you like Liverpool. So when Atleti were scoring those goals, we were going crazy in the lecture hall. We didn't even know a lecture was happening. We were just focusing on the Champions League because let's face it, folks, the Champions League is the most important thing in your life when it's happening. That's just how it is. So enough of that. We all have, actually, no. Me and Mark have, Mark and I have Leipzig winning this one. Christian's got Liverpool. What about the last tie of the week? The hardest one to predict. PSG versus Barcelona. PSG 4-1, to scoring four away goals at the new Camp. Mark Who's winning the game? What's a score in aggregate? Well, as we alluded to at the beginning of the podcast, there's a great wrap-up right here. We had Barca off a good form. But PSG and Ligue 1, 
this is an unprecedented thing, and I want to talk about this with PSG real quick. PSG is in a dogfight in League One. League One, I know. Watched a couple of games. Pretty good league this year. Lille, really good team. Lyon, Lyon, Marseille, really good team this year. Not even Marseille has been an underperforming. Monaco, they're back up and they're yeah. playing well. So they're having some competition domestically. And whenever PSG have competition, they have to play better. And they're they have guys like Moise Keane there. Neymar is out like he's always out for the round of 16 ties. Always. But always, no matter what. Always. But Mbappe, obviously good player. Barca's going to come in with the fire here because I could see them maybe scoring early, maybe getting even two. But I'm going to go 2-1 Barca. But it's going to end up being then stop, that's going to be. Stop stealing my picks. Stop stealing my picks. I wrote these six <laughs> hours ago. Stop stealing my picks, Mark. It's going to be 7 to an aggregate because I already have it written down. God damn! No, that, I said that would be six. That would be six. That would be six. Uh, six two. Oh, my bad. But yeah, I got six, two, two one. God. Two one Barca, but they lose. Whatever, Mark. Whatever, whatever. I have two one as well. I think it's gonna be. It's not gonna be embarrassing as the first leg, or as embarrassing as the first leg. But I again, I think it's gonna be the same script. Barcelona will score first off of whatever kind of goal, and then five minutes later, PSG will come back and score, and then it's over, and then that's it. It's done. And then 2-1 is the final score. It will be tight. Um, it refer- you talk about Neymar. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It seems that the huge South American named players, other than Lionel Messi, when they are born, right, they're given a deal, right? And, and God tells them, okay, you can either be the most gifted player on the planet, but get injured all the time, or you can be average and never get injured. And they say, I'll take that one. Because Neymar, believe it or not, he's I'm pretty sure he's under 100 games for PSG. Dybala, yeah. in the last three years, has never played a full season. Sergio Aguero, injured all the time. These guys are the most skilled players in the world, but they barely play. Barely play. The only outliers I can see are Messi and Di Maria, consistently like consistently starting in that in that eleven, consistently playing in almost maybe, every maybe single even game. Cavani. Cavani, maybe Cavani maybe. too. Like, but Cavani doesn't start every game, so he gets that rest. Maybe if he did, he would get injured. But before he he was pretty consistent as well. But I'm saying like those are the only two guys out of how many guys like Douglas Costa is injured for, you know, seventy five percent of the season. Every year, could you imagine if he was healthy all the time? He would be Neymar. He has that skill set. He is so good on the ball, so skilled, but he's injured all the time. So he gets like two goals and three assists a season. And that's the story of Douglas Costa. And now Neymar, when he's on the field, on the field, he's insane, but he's injured now, just like he was last year, just like he was five months ago, just like he was two. Like it's every single season with these guys. And I'm not saying that's, you know, it's a bad thing, but I'm not criticizing them for it. It is what it is. You'd make a deal with the devil. You're the most skilled athlete in the in the game, but you're injured all the time. So even without Neymar, I still see them winning this game. Chris, you can't disagree with us on this one. Come on. What do you got? I okay. think I know what Chris is going with. I think He's I know. going to go for the okay. remontada. So picture this. Okay. It's 3 nothing Barcelona. 96 minutes. I'm going to close my eyes. They have a free kick. The cross comes in. Jordi Alba, back of the net. Oh! You review it. 
it's offside. That's just a little bit of the VAR right there. I love that's it. that's what yeah, you're gonna say. I think Barcelona will, they'll win three nothing, but they they'll, they won't get that last goal and they'll they'll lose on Adrian. You get you. Believe... I, I thought Chris was going with whoa, the nice. Whoa, whoa. Uh, let's let's hold up here. Let's hold up. You're gonna you're saying that the aggregate score is gonna be four to four, and the only reason PSG are moving on is because of Wiggles. Yeah, that I, that I is. Can just see... Look at my face. That is the single hottest take I have ever heard on this show. I feel like there could have been a hotter take if I would have said Barcelona. Nah, you know how hot that take is. Barcelona suck. They suck. And Messi has never been the guy to come back from a from a huge deficit in the Champions League. We know that. <laughs> Messi scores once. five goals. He did it once with the remontada, but you know he did. He wasn't the MVP of that game like Ronaldo is all the time. That's all I'm going to say there. That that's a bit of a stretch. I would love to see it. That'd be awesome. But if it is three nil, Chris, who's scoring the goals? Don't tell me that's it's a messy hat trick either. Come no. on. Uh, we'll say we'll say it starts off with a messy penalty. They they like to do that. Realistic. That is realistic. Well, hey, listen. All of his goals in the Juve Champions League this year have been from the penalty spot. If you believe that or not, that's crazy. Anyways, go on. Yeah. Then maybe maybe Griezmann gets one. And then okay. maybe PK or something. I'm not what, really sure. What about Braithwaite? What about that guy? No, Braithwaite will come on at the end of the game and he'll, he'll hit the post. He, he could have scored to make it 4 nothing, but he'll hit the post or something. Or he'll get, pull like a chupa motion where he fumbles <laughs> on the line. He'll do one of those. I, I, I understand that he's been playing well, but why, why is he ever on the pitch for this team? They have so many better options than Braithwaite. So many better options. Um, well, gentlemen... That's it for today's episode. Thank you two very much for coming on. Mark, Chris, the hot takes, the fiery takes, the hate on Liverpool. I can't say I don't like it. I love it. I love it. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. We will see you next week when we do yet another Champions League recap episode of those four games. Thank you for listening.